to wrap up the power of focus this week um we started off in the power of one ended up in the power of focus um and there's some more power i want to get to uh before the end of the year so i think we're going to wrap up the power of focus this week but i want to go into the word of god we're going back into the book of first peter uh first peter chapter four first peter chapter four First Peter chapter four, uh, just a few verses. Um, drop down to verse twelve for me. If you if you wouldn't mind, can you turn me up just a little bit in here, please? I would appreciate it. First um, Peter chapter four, verse twelve. I'm reading from I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Um, if you have something different, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, but it reads this way. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. The glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Uh, we're going to pray after we pray. Talk to you from the subject. The truth is. The truth is. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you. We glory you. Give you glory, God. We, we thank you for being able. We thank you for being willing. We thank you for being the great God that you are. God, we ask right now that you would bless us in our time together. God, I ask that you would use me in whatever way you see fit. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. It's in that name we say, amen. Amen. Uh, truth is, truth is. Tr truth is, y'all, um, this has been uh, a very troubling week in our city. Um, amongst the, and this almost sounds oxymoronic, but amongst the normal chaos that we experience, we're also seeing things like uh, young men, plural, beating up a young woman, singular, in our local high schools. We're seeing things like distraught parents murdering other parents in the presence of babies and on, on the grounds of childcare centers. We're, we're seeing, we're seeing, uh, I, I know of two people in the last two weeks that have put their trust, notice I said trust, not faith, but put their trust in physicians who are trained to do a job. And for some reason or another, things didn't go right under the knife, causing complications in the lives of God's children. It's chaos. Truth is, we're living in a time where it's scary to think about raising children <laughs> in times like this. That's it's true. And another truth is, there's not really a whole lot we can do about it. In terms of, uh, in in terms of, uh, we we have to keep living. 
right? We have to keep living. We have to keep attempting to set the example. We have to keep following the will of God. We have to keep following the steps that he's ordered. And, and, that's, and that's, that's really all we can do. But also the truth is the Bible tells us that we're going to face suffering. The Bible tells us that we're going to have trials and tribulations. The Bible tells us that we'll face persecution. The Bible tells us actually that things will get better, I mean, get worse before they get better. As a matter of fact, the truth is that's a sign of the times of Christ's return. So also the truth is we have to keep being uh, the examples. We have to keep being disciples. We have to keep loving people that are hard to love. We have to keep forgiving people that didn't say, I'm sorry. We have to keep, there's a lot of things that as a believer, uh, we have to keep doing. And the truth is that's not always easy. But we also got to remember that God did it for us. And he continues to do it for us because <laughs> every day we mess up again. And every day he's probably got his face in the palm of his hand, shaking his head at the things that we're doing. But the truth is he loves us anyway. And it's for that reason that we continue to push and we continue to press and we continue to fight and we continue to love and we continue to forgive and we continue to follow him even when it's confusing as to which way he's taking us down. And I wanted to help us to understand that multiple things can be true at one time. We can be frustrated with the ways of the world and also still have faith that God is still on the throne and that everything is still under his control. Multiple things can be true at the same time. I can be down. I can, I can feel down in my body and in my mind and emotionally and physically, but in my spirit, I can still have joy believing that God is going to be God. Multiple things can be true. And I believe that Peter is a great example of two things being true. Because Peter is in fact Jesus's rider. Peter, this is the same Peter that's willing to get out of the safety of a boat and attempt to walk on water because he believes that I'd rather be on the water with Jesus than in the boat without him. This is that Peter. This is the Peter that says, Jesus, if anybody tries to do anything to you while I'm present, it's going to be a problem. And Peter takes a swing at a guard and the Bible says that he chops off the guard's ear. But I don't believe Peter was aiming for an ear. This, this is that Peter, but this is also the same Peter that a few hours later denies Jesus three times. Because two things can be true. And so Peter is a great example to use that two things can be true, but also reminding us that it is important that we remain focused on our journey. Because while it is that multiple things can be true at the same time, we know that ultimately Jesus is the truth, the way and the life. So we have to focus on Jesus, even with everything else that's happening around us. And I believe that if Peter, if anybody could understand that concept, it would be Peter. And Peter teaches us something in this fourth chapter of his first letter. He's teaching us how to deal with persecution and trials as Christians, okay? Um, and and when, we, when we think about 
when we think about trials, when we think about trials, we must understand that all trials are not directed toward us as individuals at all times. Sometimes, sometimes if we think of things in terms of the court system, sometimes you're involved in the trial simply by being a witness. Sometimes you're involved in the trial because you're a part of a part of the jury. Sometimes you're involved in the trial simply to to monitor what's happening and what's not happening. So in life, when we think about trials, let's not get caught up into whether or not we're the victim or the perpetrator, because sometimes in the trial, you're the witness. Sometimes in the trial, you sit on the jury. Sometimes in the trial, you, you're just an observer. So when we think about trials, we have to understand that sometimes we're affected indirectly by trials. Okay. When, 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 when we lose a loved one, that loved one's eternity is sealed. But we deal with the trial of mourning, even though we weren't the ones sick even though we weren't the ones in the accident, even though we weren't. So, so we're, 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 we're a part of the trial, but the trial is not directed toward us. And so, and so I need us to understand that because sometimes I think that we lose focus simply because we only look at trials and persecution and suffering in, in, a, in one way. But the truth of the matter is sometimes you can be indirectly affected by things that are going on in life. So Peter gives us these instructions or gives us this perspective to look at that I really want to share with you today. And I hope that it will help to encourage uh, as well as in some cases convict, but ultimately correct and help us to live the type of life that Christ wants us to live. So here's what I need you to understand. First and foremost, if you look at verse 12, I need you to understand this. Peter says this very plainly. Write this down. Suffering isn't strange. Suffering is not strange. The idea of something being strange or someone being a stranger means that they or it is unusual or unfamiliar. And the truth of the matter is, even though we never get used to suffering, we are all familiar with suffering. We might not ever get used to going through trials, but we're all familiar with going through trials. And Peter is helping us to understand that suffering is not strange. Suffering shouldn't be unusual to anyone. However, it should be expected. Now, for many people, for many people, um, that's a hard concept to accept. Because how could such, how, how can I say that I should be expecting suffering when I say that I serve such a loving God? But the truth is, God is not the cause of our suffering. Even though, and we'll get to this later, God may be the reason for our suffering. Okay. So suffering, suffering should be expected. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us on multiple occasions and multiple ways using different language that suffering should be expected. Okay. When you go through diverse trials and temptations of every kind, like th these things, I, there's no way to get around it. But here's what I need us to understand. It's not just for the believer. 
suffering is is experienced by everyone so suffering is not unusual and we should not think that just because we suffer that we are in some way more holy than another person because suffering has no respect of person everybody experiences suffering and trials so this is not specific to the believer what is specific to the believer is how we handle and respond to the suffering and why we're suffering in the first place okay that's what's specific to the believer. But realistically, truth is, suffering is a part of life. There's no way we can get around it. But the suf- the source of our suffering is what separates the believer from the non-believer. So here it is. The question is not if we suffer. The question is not when we suffer. The question is not even how do we suffer. But the question is, why do we suffer? And I'm going to tell you, if, if I had the answer to that question, <laughs> life would be a whole lot easier. But the truth is, the truth is, God is not the cause of our suffering, but he may be the reason why we suffer because the truth is we're in this trial because we're witness. And the moment you declare your allegiance to Christ, you should expect suffering. But Pastor, I already experienced suffering. Yes, but now you're suffering for Christ. So now that is your why. So here it is. If suffering is not strange and we all experience suffering, we all experience trials, we all experience persecution. You would think that by now we would have learned how to deal with it. By now, we would have learned how to avoid it. By now, we would have learned how to bypass it. And y'all, listen, I wish I had better answers for you today, but I don't. Here's the best I got for you. The best way to deal with suffering is to roll with it. That's the best way to do it. Now, don't be confused. I'm not saying accept it. I'm saying roll with it. Okay. All right. So, 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 okay, let me give you this example. Um, being hit is not unusual to a boxer. So if you talk to a boxer, they'll tell you, you can't avoid every punch. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my little brother, Juwan, one time, and he was explaining to me, he was explaining to me that, that people get confused in the sport of boxing. People think that because a boxer is dominant, that a boxer is fundamentally sound. And he said, what happens is if you have enough raw talent and skill, you can get away with doing things in the ring that could be detrimental to someone else. For example, he explained to me, he explained to me that that regard that that what we see on camera from Muhammad Ali is not as fundamentally sound as what people want to give him credit for. He said Muhammad Ali was so fast and so powerful that he could get away with doing things that other people couldn't get away with doing. So when you watch somebody like Muhammad Ali completely drop their hands in the ring, that goes against all fundamental teaching of boxing, and he can only get away with it because he's Muhammad Ali. He said what makes Floyd Mayweather so great is Floyd Mayweather is very technical. He said 
avoid Mayweather is fast enough to avoid punches, but he's smart enough to realize that he can't avoid every punch. So he said Floyd Mayweather has has perfected the skill called the shoulder roll. And the shoulder roll is I see your punch coming. I roll my body and give you my shoulder and allow the punch to just slide off of me in an area that won't hurt me. So now you punching yourself out and I'm just rolling with the punches. And it's not having any effect on me. So so we don't we won't always be able to dodge the suffering. Sometimes you just got to learn to roll with it. OK, OK. All right. Here we go. Being tackled is not unusual to a football player. OK, a football player will tell you that contact you can you will get hurt trying to avoid the contact. Sometimes you just got to brace yourself and roll with the contact. You, you understand? So so the same is true as we're dealing with suffering. You're not going to be able to avoid it. You're not going to be able to delay it. Sometimes you just got to lean right on into it and roll with the punches. And, and, and if suffering is not strange, if trials are not strange, if persecution is not, is not strange, that should tell us we should have plenty of practice rolling with the punches. Okay? And, and and here it is. This this wasn't even in the notes. I'll give you this for free. Instead of wasting a lot of time asking God why it is that you're getting punched so often, maybe you should spend a little more time perfecting the role and just trusting that God is going to bring you out and thank God that you're still standing in the ring and the enemy has been trying to hit you with his best shot for your whole entire life and you still standing. So instead of trying to get out of it, just learn to roll with it. So suffering... Suffering isn't strange. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all now, if y'all don't get this quick, I don't know what to tell you because we, we almost done already. Suffering, suffering isn't strange. Now, also, truth is, truth is, we don't want to admit it, we don't want to hear it, but suffering sets standards. Yeah, suffering, suffering sets standards. Look at verse 13. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Here's what's crazy. Suffering, suffering sets the standard. So watch this. I told y'all the story. I told y'all the story that that I ran cross country in high school and I was terrible. Y'all remember I told y'all that? I was. Yeah. Y'all remember I told y'all that? OK, cool. And, and I'm, y'all remember I told y'all I quit every day, like every day I quit. Like I said, I wasn't coming back tomorrow, but I kept going back. Okay. Now, now, the, the, reason, the reason why I kept going back is because I understood that there was a goal and I was setting a standard for myself. So, so my standard was not, uh, was not on the cross-country course. My standard was actually on the basketball court. Okay. So what cross-country did was it built my endurance so that now... Uh, my standard is higher on the basketball court, even though I'm getting creamed on the cross country course. My standard is higher on the basketball court. And so and so it worked in my favor, y'all, because at my position, I was supposed to be one of the fastest players on the court. And that just wasn't the case for me. OK, it just it just wasn't the case. So what I needed to do was even the playing field. So I knew when everybody else was starting to slow down going into the fourth quarter, 
my standard was, listen, I've been running cross country all fall and it takes us three quarters just to warm up. OK, so let, let me let me give it to you like this. The cross country meet, the cross country meet was for high school was three point one miles. There was never a day in cross country practice where I ran less than five miles. Why? Because through the suffering and practice, it set a standard so that when we get ready for the real thing, we're already prepared. So that there, there were no other basketball players running at the same standard that I was running. So by the time when everybody else is getting tired because my standard is higher, because, because I've suffered a little while, now, now I can do some things in the fourth quarter. Now we the same speed now because you're tired. So, so now we, now we the same speed. So, so, so now, now, now this is even suffering sets the standard. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, 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 you, you have to, you have to learn to build your tolerance for pain, your tolerance for suffering. And, 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 and here's the thing, y'all, the enemy don't understand, uh, that every time he comes at you and it don't kill you, Huh. It, 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 it makes you stronger. Uh, y'all, y'all know, y'all, y'all watch X-Men? Y'all, anybody watch it? Okay, I'm the only one. So, so, so the, y'all remember the character on X-Men? Every time you hit him, he would just get bigger and he would just get bigger. Okay, y'all watch X-Men. Y'all remember on Black Panther, the movie, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman? Remember they gave him the suit and they said that, you, listen, you're not going to be able to avoid getting hit. But what the suit is going to do, the suit is going to absorb the power of the hit. And eventually you'll be able to push back out all the power that you. OK, y'all don't watch Black Panther either. OK, cool. So. 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 So Peter is trying to help us to understand that. OK, y'all y'all watch movies. Maybe maybe y'all know a little bit about finance. Y'all know a little bit about business. OK, so Peter is saying Peter is saying this makes you partners. The suffering makes makes you partners with Christ. So let's think of suffering because y'all don't like y'all don't like y'all don't like Marvel. So let's let's go to business. Let's look at suffering as a currency for the kingdom. What what is currency? Currency is a good that you can exchange for another good. Okay. Uh, currency is something is something of value that you can exchange for something of value. Okay. So so let's think of suffering as currency for the kingdom. And Peter is teaching us that suffering makes us partners with Christ. Why? Because when we invest in the kingdom, we're investing with suffering. And the only way you can become a business partner is you got to put in on the investment. So, so, so Peter says that our suffering makes us partners with Christ. So he says your suffering is your investment into having partnership with the kingdom. Why? Because Jesus suffered. So you can't be partners with Christ if you're not willing to suffer because Jesus suffered. Okay. So, so here's, here's what happens in, in, in a business, in a business, nobody suffers more than the owner. Okay. Nobody suffers more than the owner in the church. Nobody suffers more than the pastor in a business. Nobody suffers more than the owner. Like, this is just how things work. In the kingdom, nobody suffers more than God. Let me prove it to you. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you hurt his feelings every day. 
Nobody in the kingdom suffers more than God. Let me prove it to you. He who knew no sin became sin for you. He was bruised, beaten, spit on, and he died for you anyway. And you break his heart every day. Nobody in the kingdom suffers more than God. Peter says, if you want to be a partner with Christ, you have to invest. And your currency to invest is suffering. Because it proves that you're willing to go through what it takes to be a business partner in this kingdom. So he said, so, 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 so God is the owner of the kingdom. God is the king of the kingdom. He allows us to have shares and stock in the kingdom to allow us to be partners in the ownership. And when you have ownership, uh, you also get return on your investment. <laughs> so suffering sets a standard because the more you suffer, the greater the return. Mm, the greater the return on your investment. So the truth of the matter is you decide how much of God you get to see by how much you're willing to trust him with your investment. I need you to understand, y'all, nobody is saying that tithing is easy. We're saying that it's an, we're not saying you're not going to have to go without sometimes, but what we are saying is that if you make the investment that God has to respond because he's obligated to honor his word, not your interpretation of it, but he's obligated to honor his word. And God says that if you bring the tithe into the storehouse, so there'll be meat in my house that he'll bring you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. He also says that he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory that in Christ Jesus, he also said that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So if I invest in the kingdom, there has to be a return on my investment. So the more I put in, the more I'm expecting to get out. So that my shout comes from the fact that the harder the enemy comes at me, the more excited I should be because I'm about to get a turn on a return on this suffering investment. Suffering. Suffering sets a standard. Suffering sets a standard. And, and, and we get to, according to Peter, experience the glory of God because of our investment. So first and foremost, first and foremost, suffering shouldn't be strange. Suffering is not strange. And secondly, suffering sets standards. And last but not least, y'all, suffering is a sign. Look at 14. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. The glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Suffering is a sign. So watch this. The Bible teaches us in the book of James. The Bible teaches us in the book of Ephesians. The Bible teaches us in 1 Peter. But over and over and over again, the Bible teaches us that we should be glad or take joy in or, or, or find grace in our suffering. It's a sign. The Bible teaches us to be glad for suffering. Now, we should not be glad for suffering for suffering's sake. Because because what will happen is what will happen is you got to be careful for being glad for suffering for suffering's sake, because what will happen is you'll find yourself creating problems where there really are no problems as if you don't have enough problems to make yourself look more holy. And we don't want to do that. 
So we're not glad about suffering for suffering's sake. We're glad about suffering because Christ allows us to share in it with him. See, 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 this is where we miss it. This is where we miss it because we want the easy road. We want to say, but why, why, why come Christ just don't take the suffering away? But the truth of the matter is, if we got to suffer anyway, I'd rather suffer with him than without him. <laughs> it, listen, if I'm going to suffer anyway, no, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not bowing to the stack. If I'm going to suffer anyway, go throw me into the furnace. And watch what happens when I get, didn't I throw three into the, why do I see, for, because you, God might not have taken me out of the situation, but what he will do is step right on in that thing with me. I, if I got to suffer anyway, I would much rather suffer with him than without him. C come here, Daniel. Daniel, are you tripping on the lions then? Not at all, because if I'm going to suffer anyway, I would rather suffer with him than without him. And watch what he does. Daniel still gets thrown into the lion's den, and Daniel uses the lion. Daniel uses young Simba as a pillow with Inala as a footrest. He got his feet laid up, and they come back the next day, and Daniel sleep on the Listen, do you understand that your suffering is not eternal that God will get into your situation with you and give you the grace that you need to work through the suffering this is the type of God that we serve suffering is a sign y'all but what is it a sign of what 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 is it what is it really a sign of because because what I don't want to want us to get confused is that just because we're suffering that that it is for Christ just because we suffer, it doesn't automatically mean that this suffering is for Christ. Okay, that, that, that's not that's not an automatic. Okay, but if you are in Christ, it's a sign that some glory is coming. <laughs> so, so the suffering, the suffering doesn't automatically mean you're in Christ. But if you are in Christ and you're suffering, it means that the glory is coming. All right. Uh, um, we we got to understand, we got to understand, y'all, that this whole this whole idea of suffering, the whole concept of suffering, we're talking about the power of focus. See, the problem is, y'all, we start getting so caught up into what we're suffering in. That we lose focus on who we're suffering for. OK, OK. And, and 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 here's what happens when we say when we say and we sing things like you can't beat God's given no matter how hard you try that's not a monetary statement if Christ suffered you can't beat Christ in suffering okay if if so if you give an investment of suffering you you can't out invest Christ okay all right all right so so you can't you can't beat them given if if your if your praise and your worship is a response to the goodness of God God will never allow his goodness to be outshined by your praise so, so the more you praise him the gooder he gotta be 
because he can't allow his goodness to be outshined by your praise. Y'all not, not understanding what I'm saying. Y'all caught up on gooder. I need y'all to understand that you got to say gooder because good ain't good enough. It's, when, when, you, when you're talking about God, good just ain't good enough. I know it ain't good English, but God is so good that you can't use good English to serve a God that good. I just, I, I don't. So, so when, if your praise is a response to the goodness of God, then God got to keep getting gooder because if your praise keeps going up, then he got to keep, because he can't allow you to beat him given. Okay, if you it, listen, listen, so 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 your suffering then your suffering then becomes a sign, y'all. Your suffering then becomes a sign that if you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, uh, don't lose focus because what we will oftentimes do, and this is a trick of the enemy, I'm telling you, what we will oftentimes do is we will look at suffering and resistance as a sign that we're doing the wrong thing. Because it's hard, maybe this is what I, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Because it's not going as planned, maybe 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 I did make a wrong turn. Because because this ain't working out like I expected. Maybe I didn't hear God the way I thought I heard Him. Or maybe it's a sign that the enemy got a sign of what you was going to be. Because you know the enemy can't tell the future. Maybe it's a sign that the enemy got a sign of what you were going to be in your obedience. So the enemy is trying to cause suffering in your life to make you lose focus of Christ in your life and cause you to go off course because he can't take what God has for you so he's trying to convince you to give it up and make you lose focus instead of you taking suffering as a sign that I'm on the right track and that the enemy wouldn't be after me so hard if I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do because the steps of a good person are ordered by God so if I know that the steps of a good man are ordered by God it would make sense for the enemy to try to prevent me from taking the next step and that's why I'm suffering my suffering is a sign you got to you got to understand, y'all, that, that, that the truth is that the truth is suffering is not always a bad thing. The truth is suffering is not always a bad thing. And y'all, I would I, I would struggle oftentimes with y'all know y'all know y'all know those things that, you know, and you know that, you know, them, but because you know them so well, it's hard for you to explain it to somebody else because you just know. But you're, you're, it's hard to explain how you know, but you just know, you, you know those things. Okay, so that's how I was. It was hard for me to explain to people why it is that when you, you, you know, when you first give your life to Christ, why life gets so hard. Or when you when you make a commitment, a specific commitment to Christ, it's like you just face all this opposition. And it was hard for me oftentimes to explain to people the concept of suffering for Christ's sake. But But watch this. Holy Spirit gave me this. Watch this. God said, son, when you came to me, even as a child, you were broken. I said, okay. He says, if you, if you physically break a bone, what do the doctors tell you to do? Physical therapy. If you talk to anyone who has ever gone through physical therapy, it's painful. And many people will tell you, depending on, depending on the brokenness, sometimes the therapy can be more painful than the break. There, there are individuals who had a torn this and a broken that and a severed this and a, all this kind of stuff in their body, and they didn't even know it was that bad. They get to the doctor, find out how bad it is, got to have surgery. 
then have to go through the physical therapy. And they say, as bad as this physical therapy hurt, I could have just kept dealing with the pain of the brokenness instead of going through the physical therapy. But the therapist will tell you if you can push through the pain, you'll end up stronger after the therapy than you were before you were even broken. So the reason why you face so much opposition when you make a commitment for Christ, whether it's for salvation, whether it's a change in your life, whatever's happening, the reason why you face so much opposition is because when you went to him, you went to him broken. And the suffering is serving as your physical therapy. And the physical therapy is oftentimes more painful than the brokenness itself. But when you get done with the physical therapy, you'll end up stronger than you were even before the brokenness. So so what you got to understand is... What you got to understand is when you make this commitment, that, that's the easiest way to explain it. Your suffering, y'all, is a sign that I'm getting stronger. Your suffering is a sign that things are about to get better. Here's what I learned to shout about, and it took a hard lesson to learn it. I learned to shout about being at rock bottom. I'm talking about when I can't go no lower, when ain't nowhere else to fall, when I'm already on my back and there's I'm already at the basement level. And the reason why I learn to shout about being at rock bottom is because once you get to rock bottom, ain't nowhere else to go but up. So you got to learn how to deal with the suffering and to be glad about the suffering because when you ain't got nothing left, when you've emptied your tank completely, that's when God will step in and fill you up with some stuff you didn't even know you needed in the first place. The suffering is a sign that the glory is coming. Okay, okay, all right, here we go. Let's go home. Truth is, y'all, truth is, y'all, if we focus on if we focus on who we suffer for and not what we suffer in, the Bible makes a whole lot more sense. If we if we focus on who we suffer for and not what we suffer in, it makes sense when the Bible says, oh, OK, OK, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. OK, I, I done told this story three times this week. I might as well tell it to y'all, too. I. And listen, I'm talking about organic conversation. There's no reason for me to have to tell this story. Three times this week, I, I was telling the story. I was telling the story about my birth. I, I know, I know, it's weird because I really technically wasn't there during the process, but, but I was telling the story based on what I heard. Okay, now I was telling the story about my birth, and and I was telling in the late '80s, it was it was it was not common like we see today to see two kids at 14 years old expecting a child and then 15 years old when the child is born. That, the late 80s, that wasn't a thing. You, 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 you were frowned upon for stuff like that. And it's still not ideal today, but it's so accepted today. But back then, that wasn't a thing. And many people expected my parents to be automatic failures. My dad told me, I talked to him, I called him, I said, Pop, what happened? What was happening in your life when you found out you was going to be a daddy? You was 14 years old. And he told me all the things that people were saying to him and all the negative comments that were being made and all of that kind of stuff. And he said, son, I was so grateful. He said, I don't recommend that any teenager have a child. He said, but what I'm so grateful for is the fact that I knew I had a son at home kept me from doing a lot of stupid stuff outside of home. So, so, so I said, Pop, I said, Pop, I feel you. I said, I feel you on that. I said, because from my perspective as the son, I said, what I'm grateful for is, I said, if y'all were responsible adults when y'all had me, I said, I may not have had the experiences that I've been able to have. Because my parents were so young, not only do I and did I have a great relationship with my grandparents, but also my great grandparents. Not very many people can even say they met their great grandparents. And I had relationships with my great grandparents. Probably doesn't happen 
happen if my parents aren't kids when they have me? And I find myself on a daily basis seeing traits of all these great people that are in my that have been in my life over the time. And I find myself doing things and saying things that remind me of them. And it brings to mind the impact. And so I'm thinking about how this was not a good situation for two 15-year-olds to be trying to raise a child. But it ended up working out for the child because now the child has had resources and relationships and, and possibilities and opportunities that they would not have been afforded. So we got to understand, y'all, that if you learn how to roll with the punches of the suffering, that there's a sign. Okay, so now the Bible starts to make more sense because the Bible doesn't tell us that everything Thing will be good. But the Bible does tell us that all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. The truth is, y'all, that if you learn to roll with the suffering, you can shout a little bit better about if God be for me. Yeah, uh, he's more than the world that is against me. When, when you learn to roll with the suffering, you start to be able to realize and actualize that the suffering of this present time is nothing in comparison to the glory that should be revealed. When, when you learn to roll with the punches, y'all, you start to learn and see in real time that the weapons might be formed, but in no way will they be able to prosper. The truth is, y'all, even in suffering, don't even trip on what I'm going through. You need to know that it's a sign and ain't no need in you getting all down and upset about my situation because I like the old song that says you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. I know that he won't allow my suffering to have me suffering in vain. I know that at some point God is going to step in and he's going to show up. So the truth is that no matter what I'm going through, God is still good and God is still God and I'm going to focus on him regardless of what's happening to me, regardless of what's happening around me, regardless of the stuff that I see, regardless of how I feel, I will put my trust in the Lord. Stand to your feet and put your hands together. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. God, we honor you and we give you glory. God, we ask right now that you would continue to show yourself strong in the lives of your people. God, we understand that suffering can't be avoided. We understand that suffering should be expected. But we also understand that your grace is sufficient for us. God, you will give us what we need to get through as long as we put our trust and our faith in you. So, God, even now in these circumstances, even now, whatever they are, the situations, whatever they are, good, bad, indifferent, God, we thank you for who you are. Because our situations might change, our circumstances might change, but God, you will never change. Your word tells us that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And God, we thank you for being so consistent in our lives. God, we thank you. God, we give you glory for the glory that will be revealed. God, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to partner with you. So God, even now, in the midst of trials, in the midst of frustration, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of whatever else is going on, God, we thank you. Because we know that this won't be in vain. So we thank you. God, I pray right now that anyone that has been dealing with suffering without you will make the decision today 
to live for you. God, we pray right now that anybody that's living in suffering alone, that you would bring them to the Abundant Faith family so they can see that this, this suffering isn't strange. We all go through it. But we want to roll with the punches together. So God, we ask that you would continue to speak to the hearts of your people. Continue to be with us and give us strength as we make an attempt to live for you. And we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in that name we say, amen. All right, listen, this is what we want to do. <clears throat> if you can hear me online, online, online. If, if, you've been, if you've been dealing with suffering without God. Now listen, I'm not saying that your life isn't good. What I'm saying is all of us deal with something. And if you've been dealing with it without God, you're dealing with it in error. So my suggestion to you is to give your life to Christ today because you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So this is what I want you to do if you're watching online. If you're watching online and you want to give your life to Christ today, just type the word salvation into the comment section. Just one word, salvation. We're watching. We're watching. We'll see you. Or you can text it to 317-520-1892. Okay? You can text it. Or you can go to our website. If you want to be private, you want to, you don't want nobody to know, that's fine. We'll, we'll find you that way too. But just one word, salvation. Okay? <clears throat> now, it, don't, it doesn't take much. The Bible tells us that we, all we need is a confession and a true belief. Okay? Doesn't take much. All right? So if that's you, type salvation. If you're in the sanctuary by chance and you don't know Christ as your Savior, just raise your hand. You got to get up. You don't got to do anything. You just raise your hand. Okay? Now, same thing. If you need a church home, need a church family, just type the word family in the comment section or text it to 317-520-1892. Okay, just a one word family. Listen, we, we, we're, we're biased. We're unapologetically biased. We think this is the best family. You can be a part. Now listen, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, you, did, you didn't get to choose the family you were born into, but you definitely get to choose the family you worship with. And so, and so we want you to make the right choice. Abundant faith is the right choice. Okay, we want you to make the right choice. So if you want to join the Abundant Faith family, just type salvation into the comment section. If you're in the sanctuary, just raise your hand. Or you can text us at 317-520-1892 or go to our website, afccnd.com. All right? All right. Uh, let's transition really quickly, y'all. Um, let's get ready to go into our giving service, uh, tithing offering. Amen, amen, amen. Um, listen, while we prepare for that, we're going to get... Uh, the information put on the screen for you uh, if you're watching online uh, but we absolutely we absolutely need the same way we talked about partnership uh, in the kingdom being partners with Christ we need your partnership 
uh, for the kingdom at Abundant Faith. Uh, we need you to partner with us uh, so that we can do kingdom work here on earth. Amen. It, it, uh, listen, we have a mandate as a body of believers uh, to take care of certain things, to take care of certain people, to be charitable, to show, not just say, but to show the love of Christ. And so, y'all, uh, in order for us to do that, uh, we have to be consistent. We have to be committed. And we have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to trust God. And, and, and we have to all come together and partner together in this thing. All right. So if you're watching online, information is on your screen. If you want to give electronically, we have two ways electronically. Uh, we have Cash App, Dollar Sign, Abundant Faith Church. And then we also have our website, AFCCND.com. Uh, so you can give electronically uh, through either of those avenues. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can send it in. Uh, if you if you old school with the cash or check, that's perfectly fine. You can send it in uh, to our locked, our locked box at 3625 South Emerson Ave, uh, 46107. All right. And then um, whether you're given electronically or not, my preference is that you be here with us. Uh, that you be here with us and we all give together. It would be so beautiful to have you uh, in the sanctuary uh, with us. All right. So I want to pray really quickly uh, over the gifts. I want to pray uh, that God continue to touch the hearts uh, of his people. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity and the chance to give to your kingdom and to give uh, to your name. God, we just ask right now that you would continue uh, to provide for us so that we so that we can give back to you. Now, we understand that that we can't pay you. We understand you don't even need our money, God. So we just ask that you would just see these gifts, be pleased with them. Let them put a smile on your face. And God, we ask that, that you would just bless it. Do what only you can do. Don't just add to it, but multiply it. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say, amen. All right. Um, before we get out of here, uh, I want to say uh, welcome to Mr. Ernie and his family. Uh, good to see you. Good to see all of you all here. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for visiting with us. Uh, and we really hope and pray that you come back again. Uh, I remember riding with Elder Wells and, and Mr. Ernie to Pacer Games as a, as a kid. They used to let the young bull ride with them to the Pacer Games. And, and I wasn't even paying attention to the game half the time. I was eating nachos and cotton candy and all kind of stuff. Uh, uh, but they always let me go. And so I appreciate uh, uh, being able to, to share those memories. But yeah, uh, we, we want to make sure you all, um, now listen, I normally don't announce things like this, but I'm going to announce it, okay? Because I need something from y'all, all right? Okay, on, uh, was it Thursday? Is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Uh, Y'all's first lady will have served a 10-year sentence being married to me okay <laughs> all right all right september 22nd thursday september 22nd uh is our 10-year wedding anniversary and so we thank god for the grace <laughs> that he has provided uh to us over these last 10 years uh and and this is what i want you to do uh we're we're asking i'm speaking for both of us we're asking that as an anniversary gift that y'all come into worship with us on September 24th. We want the sanctuary packed out on September 20, 25th. I'm sorry, September 25th, Sunday, September 25th. We're asking that you pack the sanctuary out and worship with us 
uh, Mike, Mike, we on, on our anniversary celebration, we might got a little surprise for y'all. Okay, so so we want you to come and share with us uh, and, and show some love. Uh, I was I was the first one in my crew to get married. Okay, I was the first one. So in my circle, I'm the marriage vet. You understands me? Uh, but <laughs> but but we we want to invite you all to worship with us and and to celebrate with us. Uh, y'all do realize that before God ever established the church, He established man and wife. Uh, to one another. That was his first union. That was his first mandate was that Adam and Eve be committed to one another uh, even before his church. And so we want to honor, uh, we want to honor God uh, by worshiping uh, together with all of you all. Uh, and so September 25th, I don't care what's happening. I want you in here. Okay. In here. Y'all know we don't ask for much. We don't, even, we don't even talk about that type of stuff. More times than not, y'all, how come y'all didn't tell us that? They were, listen, what we're telling you, and we're telling you what we want for our anniversary. We want you to be here, okay? All right? All right. Uh, I, think, I think that's it. Uh, don't forget, y'all, Bible study on Wednesdays. You need to be here. Last week, you can see the difference when you're here. Uh, uh, how how well things can go and how we can learn from one another. We're learning how to study the scriptures. Okay, we we will not have an ignorant church. We will not have a pastor dependent church. You will know how to go into the scriptures for yourself. Now, if if you if you need further clarity or further guidance or or point in the right direction, I'm here for that. But you need to know how to study to show yourself approved. Okay. So we're learning how to do that on Wednesdays. So we want you tapped in, tuned in, but in the sanctuary on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, as we continue in the, in the series, Understanding Scriptures. All right. All right. I think that's it. Let's get ready to go home. Last time I'm going to ask you to stand up because we out of here now. Uh, we're going to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to get out of here. And I will see you all Wednesday. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the God that you are. We thank you for another opportunity to fellowship with you and to worship you. Uh, and to exalt your name. God, we ask that everything that was done and said today, that it not stop in this room, but that we take it home with us, that we share it with those around us, and that we show who you are in our lives. So God, we ask that you would dismiss us from this service, but never from your sight. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen.